0: Cool. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks, Noah, for making this. Uh, Sam, obviously. Uh, I'm excited to, to, to actually do this interview, this coach-client interview, because it, it is the first one that we've done um, in the three years that we're in the program. And I'm excited to do this because I really, really want to know kind of some of the secret sauce that made this happen. So I've got Noah on here um so Noah, if you could just if you could just walk me through your resume. <laughs> if you can just give me a little sure. bit about who you are, your background <laughs> so that people know who you are, that yeah, would be for awesome sure. and then I'll pick it up.
1: He thought he was done with interviewing
2: Yeah, for sure. So I thought I was with interviews, but I'll tell you, I've rehearsed, I've rehearsed this answer about a hundred times. So, uh, so I'll just give it one more. But basically, I'm originally from Boston, and I'm now a, a pre-junior, so I'm a third-year student at Drexel University on a five-year program, basically studying finance and business analytics with a minor in legal studies. So, you know, personally, growing up, I, I wasn't a great high school student. I was pretty kind of you know just behind, pretty average, you know, B B plus student. You know, maybe a couple A's here and there in some of the easier classes um and and I was like very unmotivated didn't really care it was more about just like you know doing my own thing didn't really have much that I was interested in and that was kind of how I was about the majority of high school and it wasn't until the second half of senior year where I had like some very big like social problems had to leave the school that I was at and it was kind of a big like turning point for me very tough time in my life and and I like lost a lot of my friends and I went through a whole thing and towards the end I kind of realized that you know screw everyone, forget it. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to, you know, figure myself out. And at the time I was also pretty overweight too. So I kind of decided, you know, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to start with my weight and I'm going to just like change my body and, and kind of just change my whole life. Um, so I started there and, you know, after a few months, I started to, you know, get, see, see, some serious results just in the way that I looked. And I started to realize just what I was able to do. If I was able to discipline myself and be consistent and actually like work towards a goal. And it was about at the same time that I actually kind of just came across by accident, like watching a clip on YouTube of the movie, The Big Short. And I became super interested in the world of finance. I um, ended up writing my senior thesis my senior year about the 2008 financial crisis. So it was kind of a perfect storm where I kind of had this new mindset, this kind of realization of what I'm capable of doing if I'm able to, like, you know, work towards my goals um along with you know this newfound interest in finance and investing so that kind of all kind of tied perfectly together i get to college in september this is all happening like may june uh right before college and i graduate very excited and done with high school and now going to college and i was like you know college is like i was i was always like this you know weird kid in high school and i was like you know this is my chance to you know Nobody I know is going to college with me. I'm going to a different city. Nobody I know is going to be there. This is a real opportunity for me to kind of just turn my life around, reinvent myself, be a completely different person. And no one's going to know who I used to be. So I really took that to heart and pretty much just threw myself into work like my first day. And I was like, you know, I have all these goals. I'm going to, you know, get a 4.0 all college. Obviously it didn't pan out that way, but still pretty like high GPA. And, you know, really set those goals where you really have for myself for the first day. So, it, and then like, I would say a few, months into school, like my first, second quarter of school, I, you know, joined a finance club and, you know, a few seniors presented on their like experiences in banking. You know, one's at William Blair now, one's at UBS. Um, and they were kind of sharing their experiences in banking, kind of what it was. And it sounded really interesting to me. And I did some research on my own and kind of like, all right, banking is what I want to do. So from then on, I was like, all right, what does it take to get into banking? I knew it was going to be hard. And I knew like coming from Drexel it was going to be tough. So I tried transferring to Penn, which is like literally a block away um and didn't get in unfortunately but uh you know kind of realized you know all right i didn't get into penn it's not going to happen here then i'm just going to find a way to make it work from you know it's not going to happen there i'm going to find a way to make it work here so you know i kind of just took drexel's co-op program and and kind of just rode with it so i did my first co-op working at a you know large global proprietary trading firm but i was kind of just doing operations on the brokerage arm um, but it was really interesting sitting next to traders, working on, you know, a trading floor of one of like the, the I think the largest uh, options trader in terms of volume uh, in the world. So uh, that was really cool getting to see all those traders go to work and, and I kind of just seeing them going. Very, very smart people, great place to work, but didn't really love my job. It was very operational, very process oriented. I was doing the same thing at the same time every day. You know, a few months that I could do it, like literally half asleep. And I most of the time didn't have to sleep. Um, so I wanted, so I kind of realized that I wanted something a little bit more, you know, client-facing, a little bit more technical, a little bit more in-depth, where I was actually having impact on the, you know, the work that I was doing and the kind of, you know, whatever work that I was doing actually, you know, had some sort of long-term impact. So my next job, I, you know, at Drexel, one of like the really competitive and and very popular co-ops is the Golden Co-op. I mean, naturally, everybody wants that, that name on their resume. So it gets a lot of applications, but I kind of told myself freshman year that I was going to find a way to get it anyway. So for my second co-op, after having done this first one, I applied to the New York, no, the Philly San Fran and Los Angeles offices, and ended up getting an interview in the Los Angeles office, got the offer in the end. It was all remote this year, but it was a phenomenal co-op. I worked with two people who had been there the year before um, and I was doing the co-op again. And we honestly, we kind of killed it together. We were, we were a great team of three. Like they were really experienced and I was kind of there and they were kind of showing me the ropes every day um so so overall it was a really really great experience and and from then on i was like all right like now i've done the co-ops i had the experience i have some like a nice solid resume um like all while getting involved around school and then i pretty much decided like it's time to get into into bank recruiting so you know i always kind of dreamed about going to goldman you know i still do uh you know could always you know see myself going back there as you guys definitely already know because i made that very very clear in my first meeting Um, so, so I did really, I I tried really, really hard to network in while I was at Goldman. I think I emailed like 150 people while I was there. I met with like 30, 35 people ranging from, you know, analysts in pretty much every industry group, um, all the way up to, you know, the vice chairman of the investment banking division, the, you know, global co-head of M&A at Goldman Sachs, like, you know, people who, whose name really shows up in the news. Um, which is honestly, you know, incredibly, you know, amazing getting on the phone with them and, you know, a bunch of partners and, you know, people who to me were just, you know, people at the firm, but I guess to everyone else were, you know, really, really, you know, I guess, well-known people, but, um, you know, I spoke to a few recruiters, kind of build some relationships, um, as much as I could while I was there, kind of just leverage the fact that I had a GS email address, which, you know, made things a hell of a lot easier networking wise. Um, but you know, and my girlfriend told me, you know, Goldman's all nice and everything, but you kind of got to hedge your bets in case it doesn't work out. And you gotta start reaching out to people outside of, outside of just Goldman. You know, it's a very competitive place. Um, but I think everybody that I spoke to told me that, you know, cast a wide net, don't just target here. Um, so I did. And then I started just emailing people left and right. I started off by emailing hundred people a week, 20 people a day, Monday to Friday. And then most recently I bumped it up to about 50 per day. And then, you know, kind of just took it from there and, you know, got meetings at one place and another, you know, kind of targeted a few different banks at a time and, and you know, just got all the meetings that I could. And and then kind of, you know, as soon as I had, you know a few contacts there and move somewhere else and focus somewhere else, you know, like speaking to analysts first, kind of getting a sense of, you know do the analysts like working here is a place that I actually want to spend my time networking at. And if so, like, all right, let's start talking to some VPs, MDs, you know, things like that. So. Yeah, Let me jump in tough. there. Let me jump yeah, in there, Noah. Ahead.
0: Man, it's been a while since I've spoken to you on our enrollment call. And um, man, you just bring me right back to when I first <laughs> met you. And it's like, this kid is a go-getter. Like, he's, I mean, he's talking to everybody. He's out there. He's super proactive. Like, you know, I'll be honest, man. I think I texted this to you when I congratulated you like a couple of days ago you know i saw like that it factor in you right that winner in you right but something happened because we're on a call right I'm like this kid's like a superstar but why are we on this call right like all this stuff like you sold me dude um (laughs) but we're on a call and i know that and i want to take me back there on that and that part of the process because it's really really important because the way your mindset back then was you were on point but you came to a realization Right. Something happened. You and I got eye to eye and you just got down to the real deal. What happened, man, on that call with us? I think we had maybe two or something like that. Yeah. What happened? What did you see? What went on? What clicked for you, dude, that you're like, This is this has gotta yeah. be the thing that's needed.
2: Yeah. So so for me, I was always a very big, you know, I know that Drexel is not a target school. In fact, like I think I'm the first person to get an offer at Morgan Stanley in the last at least five years from my school. I think the last person to get it, like, there's one other person oh. I know who got an offer at Goldman. He's the first one and maybe, you know, between five or ten years since, like, in banking at least, to get an offer in banking at Goldman. So so it's it's pretty safe to say that our, you know, alumni network is really small. And, you know, we're not a target school. We're kind of in the shadow of Goldman. Um, you know, pretty, cu- uh, not, not, not the sorry we're, we're in Penn's shadow. Cause they're like right across the street. So no one really cares about Drexel because they just go <laughs> right across the street to Penn. So they're pretty irrelevant to everyone. Um, which is a pretty big disadvantage, but I was always very big on, you know, this is what I want to do and i'm either going to find a way or i'm going to make a way i don't care what it takes i don't care if i'm up until 5 a.m every night like it's just gonna happen and i pretty much convinced myself that getting a job and i like a top job in ib is like do or die um and and i i pretty much took that to heart and like that's kind of what mindset took me through everything that i've like you know worked towards whether it was you know my weight my grades a job you know banking recruiting it was always you know find a way make a way do or die like you know, getting a job in PWM was possible, but like, that wasn't good enough, you know, like nothing was good enough other than getting a job at a top firm in banking. So for me, it was like, I know like, this is the goal that I want to achieve. And I know like, and I was also very honest with myself, like, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm not good at. Like, I know that I have like, you know, Mm. like the, the, like the grit, I guess, to like, keep going, but I did not know anything about the baking industry outside of what I could read like online you know, and when it came to recruiting, I knew absolutely nothing. I just knew networking was important and doing millionaire interviews was important, but what that included, not a fucking clue. Um, so, so I knew that I needed like, you know, if I could bring like the the drive and like the grit to continue going, but someone else could kind to bring like the advice and the insight from people who had actually gone through it, like that was kind of going to create that perfect storm that was like, you know, going to push me over the edge. And, you know, I had to be honest with myself, like, you know, if this is really do or die like how much am i willing to give up to get it and for me it was like you know it, it was you know y- y- you got to make that investment in yourself and, and i knew that i had it in me um to continue to go because like i said you know it's either i'm gonna do it or i'm gonna die right right i know that and, when i when
0: i when we spoke it was you mentioned that i have my notes in front of me from back in the day landing yeah. interviews bad networking you know what is it that it takes to get into to get the networking happening there were some there were some steps that were missing and, and you're being very transparent, which is awesome. Yeah. What is it about, what, what did you, what did I say? What did I show you? What happened, dude, to get a person like you, because listen, there are others like you, not a lot like you, I'm going to tell you that, that have that type of hardcore drive. A lot of our clients have that, but what is it that you saw? What happened that clicked where you go, ah, this is what I need. And you, and you moved forward with us and with Sam's coaching.
2: Yeah, so I would say it's, it was one thing you asked me, which is, um, you know, I've, I've worked with models like since my freshman year. Like I was like, you know, always very, you know, like like intellectually curious and wanted to learn more because Drexel like has a shitty like finance, like education program. Um, and and I wanted to, you know, um, continue to learn about modeling and DCFs and things like that. Cause someone said that it was important. So I was like, all right, well, if it's important then I'm gonna find out that I'm gonna learn it, right? Um, and then, so I thought I was pretty well-versed in accounting and, 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 you know, stuff like that. And then you asked me a very simple, walk me through the three statements question. And I think I got like 40% of it right. And I was like, well, <laughs> well damn, like I know there's a lot less than I thought I did. Um, so from then on, I was kind of like, well, if that's actually where I'm at and the timeline's approaching, then I'm definitely not going to be able to do this myself. And, and I'm going to need some people who really know what, what they're doing to, to kind of help me, I guess. You will push me over the edge. So yeah, yeah I, I, saw I saw that too, man. I did, yeah, and,
0: I saw that too. And that's really the difference between people that really succeed and move forward is that they're honest with themselves. They really know where to, what to scale, right? They don't bullshit themselves. If they're truly a three, they acknowledge it. And they're like, that'd be a 10, right? And you did that. And I got to say, man, you adjusted. Yeah. I remember that call, you adjusted and you shifted and you were like, damn, this is, this is real now. Like, yeah. this is part of it. Awesome. So, okay. So from that, like, uh, we got the challenges and we got, you know, you, you did decide to, to jump on board. And now I want to get into all both you guys' answers to these questions because this is key. This is some of the secret sauce. Um, all right. Now you're in. I will say this. I told you this before. I see everything. Dude, when you, you hit the ground running, like, <laughs> I think you even asked a bunch of questions while Sam's sleeping. Right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn. Right. And then, of course, Sam wakes up. Boom. And you guys are firing off. You're still firing off right now to this day. Yeah. We, you guys we'll go are just back
1: going and forth.
0: Back. Man, back and forth. And there's a couple of things that I want to say about your interaction in a way where, dude, you have a mentality where you're very proactive because you're just used to doing things on your own and, and so
2: forth. Yeah.
0: And you exactly. would throw it up. Look, I'm going to do this. And Sam would go back and go, well, why would you do that? You <laughs> would challenge you <laughs> well, well why would you do that like talk to me about why you would do that and I see that you would re, you'd reposition it and you guys found like this synergy of communication which I do find common with Sam and his clients but what is it about when you got in and you did hit the ground running what did it for you man like what generally speaking what was it about Sam and his program and Co- Sam coaching you that you felt really just gave you that edge helped you to succeed in landing the offer you have today
2: yeah so so I would say you know like like you mentioned before you know I I was very big on just you know being honest with myself like this is what I'm good at this is what I'm not good at and from the position that I'm in if I lie to myself about what I'm not good at that I'm not going to get better at it and like I need to be good at everything in order to like you know land that job that I want to do so I was I was kind of like okay like here's what I think I know and I'm going to ask it because I'm too afraid to ask it, then I'm not going to get an answer. And, and then I would just like sh- straight fire questions left and right. And, and Sam would tell me, you're right or you're wrong. And, and then I would kind of take it from there. And, and I guess, you know, either I'm right or I'm wrong. Right. And I, and I was okay being wrong. Right. Because I know that, like, if I'm wrong, and there are people who know more than me, I'm not like some, you know, born genius who knows everything about banking recruiting. In fact, kind of know less than most um so I was like I'm just gonna ask as many questions as possible and I'm gonna milk this as much as possible um you know in terms of the program like I I knew I had a deadline and I knew it was coming up close and like letting the opportunity slip like in my head was just like like unacceptable like there was just no way it was gonna happen um so so I pretty much just like immediately first day in like all right now I have this help you know Um, And and you just kind of got to go for it right away. I think I finished the the entire like networking and behavioral like the the whole like networking and resume one like in the first week. Um, I finished that module. I was like watched. I was like on the treadmill like like you know going for a morning run and I was like watching like the videos. Um, I was like there's no time to waste. I gotta have a resume ready. The behavior one, technical one, I had a little more time for. But you know the resume one like you gotta have a good resume right at the beginning, right? So I kind of like focused on that first, made sure that I was out of the way. And then I like, you know, took a couple of weeks and, you know, thought through my behavioral answers. They were terrible yeah. to start with. Um, and I think I changed like 50% of them, like by the time I actually did my interviews. Um, so, so kind of like I kind of went through that and then the technical stuff, I like literally went through it over and over and over again. I have like literally textbook, I have like a shelf of just banking textbooks right now, like just like interview prep, like Rosenbaum IB, the breaking into Wall Street, like a Textbook a professor gave me my freshman year on just like financial analysis and valuation and I would like go through the modules and and I would like you know watch the watch the videos and kind of go through practice questions and then I would like go through it again in a different book and I would like highlight it and then I would take notes off the things that I highlighted and then I would go through their practice questions like 50 times over, um you know it's kind of like you know there's a deadline approaching. And, and I'm not like, and, and I'm not gonna be the ones who's gonna like miss out because I didn't work hard enough. Like to me, the, the thought of like, of like you know, I could have done it if I had just worked 5% harder, but I didn't because, you know, I you know, slept in one morning or I didn't, you know, stay up late and practice a little extra. Um, like that to me was like, that's like that, that to me like would, would, would haunt me for the rest of my life.
0: That's absolutely, um, you know, I can relate to that too in so many ways in my life, but just in successful thinking that is one of the key things, one of the key mindsets, right? I think people that aren't successful or that struggle think that that's being critical in a negative way or or saying bad things or, or putting a, a, a negative energy out there. It's like, no, nah, no, you got to learn. Sam, I want to flip the question on you. I want to throw it over to you, man, because and, and specifically this, right? Um, he comes into your program. He's Asking a bunch of questions, dude. Know, please... annoying. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> dude, be totally can- candid about this. It's all cool because I know you guys <laughs> have that relationship. What happened when Noah hit the ground running, and and I bring this guy to you, and here we go. What what was the process with him?
1: No, honestly, I mean, I didn't think you were. Me knowing I, it's okay. I, I didn't. No, I didn't think you were annoying at all. Right. I, I think <laughs> I think the way you came in, you know kinda of all guns blazing, like that's we love to see it, right? I mean, not just myself, but Edgar too, um, you know, the assistant coach that we have, like we we talk about different clients uh, in private sometimes and you know there are certain clients where we know from the get go, this person is gonna <clears throat> really, really well. And usually you can tell within the first week if someone's mm-hmm. gonna be all over you know, the things that they're supposed to do in this program, and you can also tell this person is probably gonna be pretty MIA, right? And so you are one of those guys where you came in and we knew, okay, Noah's definitely gonna do all the work. And we love to see that because like you said, we pretty much, what we're providing is the know-how, right? We have basically a system, uh, you can say it's a systematized process like a playbook almost for here's how you get a job in investment banking. We've used this playbook hundreds of times. It works, you know, more than nine out of 10 times, right. Based on our success rate to date. Um, and it is, we don't care if you're a target school, a non-target school. Um, obviously you had a great GPA, but we have some clients that have mediocre GPAs. Like none of that stuff is like, I mean, it's important, but it's not the most important. The most important thing is really like, Do you have the work ethic? Do you have the grit to grind it out? Because it's going to be a grind no matter who you are. That's just how competitive it is. And the other thing is, do you have the, are you coachable, right? Because honestly, I think the other really good point that you made is just, um, we talk to a lot of students who either, I think it's very normal for people to not have the self-awareness of where where they need to be better at because mm. of course if they knew where or how they could be better then they would have already done it right so that's that's fine I think that's excusable and that's a lot of what we try to help people out with on that first strategy session that we have with them is like hey like with you we identified that hey maybe you're not as strong at the technicals as you thought you were coming in right like that right. that's one example but I think different people react differently to that right like some people, when that happens, they will talk themselves into believing that, well, I just need to work a little bit harder. Or, well, that was, I was just, I don't know, that was just like a fluky performance. Usually I would get that. Or they'll kind of talk themselves into like rationalizing why they don't really need the help, right? Right. And I think a lot of times it's like maybe people have an ego and it gets in their way and whatever, right? Um, I, I think I've read some people's like, oh, like they were trying to, gaslight me and, and, and trying to make me feel like I'm inadequate. Was like, that's not what we're trying to do at all. We're just very, we're just keeping it hundred percent real. It's like,
2: yeah. yeah. You you're being, they're being forward.
1: Yeah. And you being didn't for- have that like, if we put up, if we put up a mirror in front of you and say, Hey, these are the things you need to work on. And then you can either say, okay, great. And you're very humble about it. And you don't have an ego. And you're like, that's what I'm going to go work on and I know I need help, I'm gonna go get the help. And not only that, but like, if I'm gonna get the help, the person that I'm asking for the help from, whatever they tell me to do, I'm just gonna go and do it. Like, I feel like that's what you did, right? Like you're very yeah. comfortable, and then you brought the work ethic, which is the one thing that we cannot provide for you. Yeah. Like, we you don't have that, <clears throat> we, can't, we, we can't do anything without that, right? But Sam, you, let me I,
0: jump in here. Let me yeah. jump in here real quick, cause I wanna make sure I'm very specific about something to Noah and to you. And I'm gonna give a generic example, but it's kind of the example. Noah would ask, he Noah would go, oh, I just got this, I'm gonna do this. And then the next text was, wait, should I do that? And then the next text was, how do I go about doing that? Right? It was kind of like this trend. <laughs> that right? a that right, a it's lot, like, yeah. listen, this is what I'm gonna do, Sam. I'm doing it Friday. And then the next text was, wait a minute, should I do it Friday? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what day should I do it, Sam? And um, so Sam, specifically to that, because not everybody's like that. There are, I do see other clients like that too, but specifically to Noah, when you get somebody that's firing off like this, what as a coach, dude, specifically to Noah, mm-hmm. you you saw those, how did you, what did you think? And how did you, how did you communicate with him? Because the end result, is phenomenal top offer what what did you do when you saw that
1: yeah i mean to me again yes noah asks a lot of questions but i don't really feel like he ever asked um dumb questions or i don't really feel like he keeps asking me the same things over and over like, he asked me a question i answer it, then he learns how to do it. i think the key here is look there's like quality questions and then there's like bad questions right a bad, I'll give you an example. A bad question is like, if a client says, Hey, um, like, how do I, like, how do I write this email? Or like they, where they, they're asking us to just write the email for them or
2: what? I did that a few times too, honestly. Or, 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 but or, what, you always told me not to.
1: Or, or what's, what's a good, what's a good answer for why I want to work for this bank. And they expect me to just spoon feed them the answer. In reality, like what, What you should do is attempt it on your own based on what we've already taught you. Hey, here's the email that I drafted. Can you give me some feedback on this? Or, hey, here's the answer that I came up with for why I wanna work for Goldman Sachs. What do you think about it? And then we provide feedback because that's how you really learn. You learn by doing, right? You don't learn by just, like I can spoon feed you. Of course, I could spoon feed you everything. Um, But if I do that, then Once you're out of this program, you're still not gonna know how to do it yourself. Right. And I'm not Well, I'm
0: interested in like what Noah said. Like, okay, because I saw it and I want to hear it from you guys. Noah said, Yeah, you told me not to do that. So Noah, what did you do when you heard that? Like where did you take he threw the ball back at you, you caught it. Where'd you go with that?
2: Well, if I like I asked him that before, I forget what the email was. I think it's happened a couple times where I asked him, you know, how do I send this email? You know, either following up with someone or like asking for something. I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like, I had just applied to MS and I was asking like people like essentially to refer me, but like without asking them to refer me. And I was like, how do I write this email? And he was like, well, write it yourself. And I was like, fine. So I wrote the email and I sent him like a blip, like a blurb. I sent him, I made, like a copy and paste of the email and he like, like made his edits and sent it back.
0: Did you go off of the training of anything in the modules on how to write it or did you wing it yourself? Was there any assistance on the training side? that brought you oh, through yeah. to write that?
2: Yeah, I mean, like there definitely was like, like, I mean, like there wasn't like exactly uh, you know, a template. Like I think when it came to the emails, I kind of just like one thing that I realized like for the emails specifically was kind of one thing that I kind of just, uh, I would like take advice from the modules and then kind of just write them in my own language because like, I know like, you know, I talk a certain way and you can tell when someone you can spot someone on the phone and their emails are obviously like scripted in a completely different tone or manner um like you hate it when I use exclamation marks but I'm a very exclamation mark kind of person so I use them (laughs) anyway (laughs) Um, like I think you told me maybe five times not to use them um but uh you know when it came to that email I was like all right there there isn't any like guidance in here on how to do it so I'm kind of just gonna like you know I knew there was a phrase for how to ask for a referral like oh how can I position myself for an interview you know reiterate interest like they're like different ways of going about it or kind of just combine them into a paragraph and then send it to him and he kind of put his comments in but yeah
0: let me do this awesome i wanted to show that let me do this because i i I really enjoy when two people literally can come together eye to eye after an accomplishment after a great feat i happen to believe this one is because this bank is a is a pretty top bank now that you've got sam here in front of you man without getting too cheesy, but, you know, the Noah style, <laughs> you've got him here in front of you. Like, what is something that you what – what, is there anything that you wanted to say to him, to his face right now, dude, as, like, another coach that you brought into your life? Yeah. You're the kind of guy that's going to have a lot of coaches in your life as you continue oh, to I have succeed. plenty
2: of them already. <laughs> plenty of them
0: now. You're going to have many of them. They're going to be huge. What is – what would you want to say to Sam – if there's anything now that you got him on this call and um, you know, you guys together really made this, this offer happen. And you're, you're still yeah. continuing. You're still working together. Cause you know, you yeah, gotta make everything. It's not yeah. done yet. No, no, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not offered,
2: done so. yet. Yeah. Cool. Anything um,
0: you'd want to say to Sam?
2: Yeah. I'd say a few things. First of all, great program. I think it's structured really, really well. Um, Just kind of going first through the resume and the networking, you know, kind of thinking about how to do that was, you know, phenomenal. Then kind of thinking about the behavioral questions next. And I think the behavioral questions are, you know, um, infinitely more important than the technicals. And that's something I learned like later on, I was like technical, it was just like grilling you on technicals. It was not. My interview had very few technicals in it. Um, And then going to the technicals after and kind of formatting it in a really easy to digest way. Um, I always found that was a much easier way to learn it than reading it in a textbook or, you know, having someone explain it to you in a way that's really easy to digest and and it simple words, like makes a huge difference. So first of all, great program, but I would say the best part of it was, first of all, the community was great. Like I didn't post that many questions in like the general, like, like, like channels. Um, but seeing those conversations go, a lot of questions do get answered there. Um, and and that was like a great thing like with the community. first of all like one of the things I have my resume that was actually I think pretty significant was a case competition I did which I only you know signed up for because I saw like someone post about it and then I signed up for it in the beginning second place it was pretty cool. It was my first kind of taste of a real M&;A transaction like that. Um, so it was a really great experience for me. Wouldn't have gotten out that everybody else. And, you know, now like I still talk to them. It was like Jaime Matos and uh, and Armin uh, Rostami. So like, you know, we still talk now. Uh, he like, you know, Armin, you know, congratulated me after I got the offer and, you know, um, you know and, they're, and they're great, right? And like kind of building that community and having, you know, people you can reach out to and have those resources is great, right? Um, and and you know, I would say outside of that, you know, the one-on-one coaching is phenomenal, like it's incredibly helpful. Like getting those like very specific questions you're always too afraid to ask, and getting those questions that like, you know, everybody has weird situations that come up, and you know, everybody has these like, you know, one-of-a-kind, you know, problems that may arise along in their process. Um, you have a conversation with this person, they handle it weirdly, you don't know how to approach it. Like I kind of went in blind on those things. Like, what's the right way of going about this? Do I do it this way? Do I like email them? Do I not email them? Do I say, you know, forget it? Or do I keep pushing? Like, what am I supposed to do? And having people who like, you know, having like someone like you, who's been through the process, who knows what it's like, who has that expertise, who's seen other clients go through and seen what works and what doesn't is a huge game changer because those questions are things that like, you know, oftentimes you get, you know, and, and like what I realized over my process is like an offer or an interview or a good connection can come from, anywhere, anywhere at all. Like I, I actually emailed the guy who got me the interview and who fought for me to get the offer completely by accident. I did not mean to email him. I actually only emailed him because he's in San Francisco. I was actually emailing people from Menlo Park and just put the San Francisco filter because I didn't realize it was San Francisco office too. And I put San Francisco in there, emailed him. He answered, turns out he wasn't from Menlo Park. Turns out he liked me anyway. Turns out yeah. when I applied, I reached out to him and two wow. days later I had an interview and then the next day I had an offer, right? I didn't even mean to email him, yeah. right? Wow. Right, and and that turns out to be the offer that came through. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, like unique situations come up a lot and, and I would say that, you know, having, you know, people like Sam and Edgar who who really know what the process is like, who really know what they're doing, who have been around the block a few times, who've seen different clients and seen different situations, know what working and what doesn't, um, really makes all the difference because, you know, like you never know what might be the thing that that sticks. Cause like networking is really just throwing mud against the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And you're just hoping that as many things stick as possible. Um, and, and having, you know, someone kind of help you getting more things to stick, just like really helps throughout the entire process. I would say to just say thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, amazing, you know, advice and guidance out the way. Thank you for pushing back, honestly, when I didn't do something right, because, you know, it's the only way that, you know, I'm going to figure it out and learn is, is by someone telling me when I'm wrong again, I'm not some like boring genius, um, you know, and, and I always admire when people are up front with me and tell me the truth, I've been beating around the bush. Because again, the only way that I'm going to learn and figure it out is by, you know, people being honest with me. So I appreciate that.
0: That's awesome. Man, I'm going to jump off that throwing mud up against the wall. One thing that I know about the program, and I say this a lot, is there's a lot of walls that you can throw mud on, right? Yeah. And with Sam, you are go- you guys throw mud on specific walls. Yeah. Those, you want them to stick. You don't know if they're going to stick, but at least you're on the right walls. A lot right. of people come in and they're just flinging mud all over the damn place, they're the wrong walls or whatever. So I kind of want to jump yeah. on that little analogy. I have one more question for you, but to wrap this up, but Sam, man, I know Edgar's not here, but I know Edgar's just, uh, I mean, he's a rock star as well. One of our <laughs> assistant coaches. And I know he's had yeah. a lot to say about, about Noah too. Um, <laughs> so you could speak on his behalf, but um, Sam, just in a nutshell, man, what, what do you want to say to Noah? Cause I know you guys worked it. Listen, I want to also tell you, Sam, cause I, and you know, I've known you enough. And I know that, you know, yes, your clients are, are landing these awesome deals, dude, but you're, you're in coach mode, right? Like you never really sit back and go, dude, I'm helping people's, I'm changing lives. Like people yeah. are, they, they want this, they go for it. They get it. I'm changing their lives. So take a minute, a minute. You just, you're part of Noah's, you've changed Noah's life. You have more to do. You guys are still working together because you got to get the return and all of that. And who knows? Maybe he'll be in your PE course and so forth. But think about this, dude. You've you've altered somebody's life, right? Because of who you are and what you've done. What does that mean to you, dude? And if you want to share like a a couple of words on Edgar's sharing that as well, I'd love to hear that.
1: I mean, look, um, I think whether it's myself or you know, Edgar, who's, you know, on the team, obviously helping me with the coaching too. Um, uh, It's not the only reason we do, but one of the big reasons why we do what we do is because um, it's very fulfilling to be able to have the type of impact that we have, right, on on our students. Um, I, myself, attribute, I feel like I'm a pretty lucky guy. Like, I feel like my life is pretty awesome and I have pretty much all the things that I could possibly want. And I do attribute a lot of that to um, the fact that I was able to break into banking when I first started my career. I almost, I was this close to not breaking in. So I know what kind of impact I can have on someone's career and on their, um, just their financial security and just, there's a lot of benefits to it. Right. Um, And so we don't, that's something that I always know and I never forget, right? And I don't ever take that lightly when someone decides to invest in our program, especially like Noah. Like in Noah's case, if I'm not mistaken, he actually paid for this whole thing himself, right? A lot of our clients, they actually come in um, and their parents are helping them pay for it and whatnot. Um, there is an investment in program and, you know, we're not the cheapest program out there. I'm, I'm, I'm not um, afraid to say that, like, we're, we try to be the best, right, and, but for someone like Noah to invest into our program and to basically, you know, put something as important as their career, like, like Noah said to him, this was life or death, right, and so for him to trust us with that process, um, that's, that's like a lot of responsibility. Where we we always view that as a very very serious responsibility. Where if we're not giving our clients hundred and ten percent of what we got, um, then I don't like I don't want to have to wake up and feel bad that Noah or someone else didn't get an offer because we didn't do everything we could. Right? Obviously, we're not perfect. We're not, I'm not saying like, if you join Wall Street Match My, it's 100% guarantee you're gonna get an offer. There's no such thing in the world, right? But I can say, like, if you come in and you, you do the program and you do the work, we're gonna be there for you 110%. Just like, you can ask us as many questions as you want. This is why we're the only program out there that's like unlimited everything, right? Unlimited questions, unlimited, like, unlimited mocks, unlimited, like, I mean, you can message every day, like, however many times you want we can jump on calls when you jump on calls we'll edit all of your like we do everything right and no one else is willing to do that because it's a ton of work but we do that because that's just like that's just what we feel like we have to do for our clients and that's what makes us different and i think like that's why we're able to have the type of success that we have and that's why we have have the impact that we have but also the other thing that noah mentioned which is the community right like i think our goal you know Wall Street Mastermind is yes we're helping people break into investment banking and we're helping our, our students break into private equity but the other thing that that I'm envisioning that we're, we're really building up now is we're gonna eventually have I want to have I want Wall Street Mastermind to be the like the biggest and strongest network of <clears throat> people who at one point started their career on Wall Street I'm not saying everyone's gonna stay on Wall Street right? People are going to go off and do different things eventually. But everyone's going to be really successful. And just like Noah said, you know, he met Jaime, he met Armin, he met these other people on the program that he's friends with now. Like that happens to a lot of our clients, right? Where later on down the road, you never know, like these, these same people. And you always, once you're a part of the family, you're always part of the family. You never know who's going to help you out you know with a job opportunity or with an investment opportunity because everyone's going to be doing pretty well and there's going to be those things um you know one of my favorite things like your net worth is your net or your network is your net worth right like it's, it's all about who you know and i think that and so that's what by the way we don't work with everybody that wants to work with us like we're pretty strict part of your job alex is to be, to be the gatekeeper and only let in um the people that we think you know we people that we want to have as a part of this community right like we call ourselves the wolf pack we don't just let everyone in oh we only let people in that we think are gonna you know um you know be be, be a valuable contributing member
0: right and let me comes, jump
1: in on that yeah i'm gonna jump on
0: the tail end on that because Noah actually brought this up actually this is actually a really key thing man luck <laughs> right people we, we forget about luck dude luck is huge people are like oh he was lucky or she was lucky and i'm not no man we create our luck right wow, no i could oh
2: my god yes i that couldn't agree more. Wow. Creates this thing <laughs>
0: it was by you know it wasn't by accident dude that's luck <laughs> because it's the laws of attraction dude you are you're emanating a law of attraction because you're around law of attraction and it's all happening so this you it, It wasn't an accident. It was a law of attraction, and it sets motion. And that is the thing, because we're laughing, because it feels good, dude. I talk to kids all the time, and when they don't understand the laws of attraction, they're all like, sad, nothing happens to me. I'm like, man, your whole mindset, right? But I'm going to circle back again. No, hard, man. Law of attraction. You're going through your modules and your training while you're on the treadmill. Dude, (laughs) this is a life investment. Right. Mm -hmm. I was listening to another coach that I follow. Awesome mentor, big top guy, very, very, very well-known guy. Same thing, man. It's not just like you're just doing one thing. It's across the board. It's health, it's nutrition, it's fitness. It is reading. And that's the kind of guy that Noah is. Um, I also want to say, I want to touch on this because this is huge. And I want you to know this also, Noah. Noah did foot the whole build. Um, Noah put all the skin in the game. And what's interesting about that, and I want to call this out. I'm on calls with parents all the time, and I'll have moms and dads. For some reason, dad's more, maybe because I'm a dad. And they're like, hey, Alex, um, I don't want to sound like this, but uh, okay. Yeah. C- can you give me a discount? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't. Um, and I, I hear their reasoning and whatnot. And I said, listen, man, I got to be honest with you. Not all of our clients, and the, and, and the kids on the call too, right? Not all of our clients have mom and dad or could, but not all of our clients have mom and dad foot in the bill. I said, we have a good amount of clients that have found a way, figured out a way. I had a client that moved his bar mitzvah money over. And (laughs) it's like, dude, I respect that. So I tell the dad, I said, listen, man, if I give you a discount, I'm totally disrespecting all the clients that came in and footed the bill. And guess what? As far as I'm concerned, those are the ones I've seen, really, truly accelerate, dude. You're one of those examples. Yeah. So then, what happens with the parent, the dad that I go? Yeah, no, it's okay, right? It's like move it <laughs> on. It's like, why would I? No, I don't want to discount because, <laughs> right I am covering my kid. You put things into perspective, right? And you just, you, you just did that right now when Sam reminded me that. Well,
1: I mean, we laugh not, about it, but it's it. true, right? We see it time and time again, like. <laughs> I, I track this, which is, I would say, probably about two-thirds of our clients, their parents help them out, and about one-third of our clients, they do it on their own, right? They figure out a way to do it on their own. And obviously, it's a lot easier to have your parents help you out with it. But guess what? Not, this is not surprising to me. The kids who, the, the students who do it on their own, they're always the ones that show up and play full out And as a result of that, because they have so much skin in the game, like no one, no one's going to invest their own money in this program and then come in and mess around. Right. So they come in, they play, they play all out and then they always get the best results. Right. And so I don't think it's a coincidence. Right. And you can tell from the very beginning when someone decides to invest in something like this on their own, that they just have a different mentality. They have a different mindset versus, there are a lot of kids out there who don't understand the value of investing in yourself, and they're like, Well, I could just Google everything or whatever. And it's just like, Well, yeah, but you,
2: I, you can you can the answers aren't always there, right? They're not um, always
1: there, and the answers aren't gonna be customized to you specifically, right? And if it were honestly, if it were just that easy, then everyone would already be in banking.
2: Yeah, right, everyone would already do it, right? Yeah, right? I mean, everyone would already I'll, do that. I I want to touch on a few things you said, Alex. First of all, the the whole luck thing, uh, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show Suits. I watched that show maybe seven Mm -hmm. times through. It's an amazing Mm -hmm. show. And I always like loved Harvey Specter. Um, And one quote that he uses um, is exactly that, which is, you know, all you people think that we get lucky. We don't get lucky. We we make our own luck. And I always thought that, you know, when it came to making recruiting, it was always like every opportunity and every like I guess even email reply every meeting you get is lucky you know you have no idea the person you're emailing you hit them at the right time at the like right day they just like woke up this morning on the right side of the bed and you have cut the five minutes where they had free time that morning and they answer you right and I always thought especially with networking more than anything else you know it is so much more luck but all you can do is just give yourself as many possible opportunities to get lucky and the truth is like a lot of it does come down to luck you know people aren't just always like sometimes you email someone and like there's such a good connection there they always answer no matter what they're feeling but like when you're sending a cold email to someone completely random you have zero connection to you it's honestly hitting them at the right time on the right day when everything's perfect and they answer you and then you talk to them and it's the perfect time on the right day and suddenly the stars aligned for you and and everything works out right and that's pretty uncommon but if you do it, you know it may be a thousand to one. But if you email a thousand people and you get one, that's the one you need, right? So I always thought, you know, the, the whole luck thing—it's it's true. You do get lucky, but it's the people who give themselves a thousand or two thousand opportunities to get lucky versus people who email fifty people, don't get lucky, and then give up, right? Let um, me add
0: to that luck, Noah, because you're a good example. Uh, there's a lot of people that get lucky and are thrown the ball, and they're lucky. But when they throw it back or whatever they're supposed to do, they fall short. Yeah. So one thing is being lucky. And the other thing is being at a very high level of whatever it is, competitive, a high level of 10. A lot of people get lucky and they're like at a three. Well, you had the luck for whatever the reasons are, right. but you, do, you weren't able to deliver. You did <laughs> the thing. It wasn't lucky. But guess what? You backed it up at a 10 out of a 10. Dude, listen. I got a good this answer is where for that. <laughs> I throw this back on all of the people in the world that are lucky and supportive that back it up because if you can't back up the luck, you just you wasted the luck. Right. You did that.
2: So, so I have a great answer for that. So I'm from Boston, like I said before, and, and I literally grew up in the Tom Brady era. Now, Tom Brady has been, I know everyone in the world hates Tom Brady, but I'm like, I idolize him. And it's for one main thing, which I is like- I respect him, I don't hate him, I respect him. Okay, I know, well, I'm in Philly right now and everyone here hates Tom Brady, so,
1: um, it's, uh... <laughs>
2: so it's, it's pretty you know hot and cold. But I grew up being obsessed with Tom Brady. It's always for one thing, especially in the last few years when like, I really started working towards something. and And the reason is, you know, he was he was like in high school. He was like the third string quarterback. Worked his way to the starting job. Found a way to get into a good college. Was like the fifth string quarterback at Michigan. Found a way. Got picked one like got picked a, a few good starting games. You know like was on and off throughout his entire college career. Found like literally by sheer luck got his way into the NFL. Picked uh, pick one ninety nine in the sixth round. Didn't even think he was gonna get into it. And and you know he, he was someone who who. Always was fighting from behind, and and then, literally by complete luck, the starting quarterback who you thought was going to be their franchise quarterback got injured in his first year, and he came in, and from that on, you know, the rest was history. Won his first uh, Super Bowl in his first year. Won four, won three Super Bowls in his first four years playing. Right, absolutely unreal. And and I, I heard him speak at one point, you know, just like on a, a YouTube video, but. You know, he was talking to some Michigan players and he was like, it doesn't matter what point you are in your life. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a first round pick, a fifth round pick, you're number one overall, you're number 200. If you get an opportunity to play, don't fuck it up because you may not ever get it again, (laughs) you know? And, and he got an opportunity to play and he had until Drew Bledsoe got uninjured and like healed himself and he was back in the game. And he got that opportunity by sheer dumb luck, but he was prepared the entire way through. He busted his ass, even though he was a bench player and, you know, the stars aligned, he got a shot, and he didn't fuck it up, right? And I was like, you know, like, it, for me, I don't have the luxury of getting 100 interviews. I'm not a Harvard kid. I'm not a Penn kid, right? I'm not going to have people knocking on my door. So if I get, you know, one shot, I better not fuck it up because I may not get another one, right? So for me, like, Dude, you I nailed it. You,
0: you nailed it with the thing. Because basically what you're saying, listen, I wasn't a Tom Brady fan back in the day because I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a Giants fan. Um, I have a lot of Boston friends though so I love our rivalry but as the years went on I'll say this on the record man Tom Brady's a badass there's a no badass. other person like him on no the planet one. obviously he has the most successes than anybody on the planet and he's not done yet so yeah, he's not. I appreciate because of that all the rest is just politics and per- whatever dude that is a winner but what what you're doing right now man is the key thing you You've been, you've modeled Tom Brady. I've modeled uh, many, you know, Yankees fans that are Yankees players and whatnot. You modeled somebody and that is key to be able to have people to strive for. You're not going to be a football player. I'm not going to You're going to be, gonna be not, athletic. No, player. but you're going you're to strive and you took from others. That right there, the laws of attraction, big key, what you did is that you, people affect you, positive people. And you allow yeah. them to be a part of your life, and you model them, and that's what you did head on. I want to wrap it up with this because I could be on a call all day with you guys, but I want to get <laughs> going down to one thing, and that is this, man. Like, um, what, what is that? What's that little piece of advice to wrap it all up? Where you're, you were somewhere, you were struggling with certain things, you you didn't, you couldn't figure it out. You, you met me you came into a program, you met Sam, you got to, and when you give this little advice, please plug your, 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 your offer, what you got, if that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah be loud and proud.
2: Some,
0: yeah. Be loud and proud, dude. Um, because <clears> people, <throat> people need to know that. What is that thing, man? What's that little advice, that little nugget for those that their lives could change as well? Whether they work with us or not, just go out there and do it. But if they do work with us as you as a alumni or whatnot, what would that advice be?
1: Oh,
2: wow. Um, that's, that's a conversation have for, for a long time. So I'm going to try and, and keep it you know, short, just like you know, one, one or two things. Um, first, I want to say, you know, I, I heard um, uh, Robbins, right? Oh, my God. What's his name? Um, a very well-known motivational speaker, but I heard him once say- you know, and, Tony I, Robbins. Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. Well, I can't even forget his name. Um, but uh, Tony Robbins once said, "You know, if, if you're trying to take the island, burn the boats. And, and that was something I heard very early on that I really, really took the heart, which is if you give yourself a way out, then there's always going to be, even if you want to admit it, even if it's super small, there will always be some part of you that has that backup plan, and I was always like, I know myself, and if I like leave myself with a backup plan, I will find a way to convince myself to to you know kind of justify that it's okay to go to that backup plan. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna put this massive investment in myself because at that point, if I don't see it through, then I just you know lost a lot of money um and and you know kind of cut myself off from everything i was like this is what's going to happen i told you know i had a great co-op at goldman and the door was pretty much open to me to come back and and maybe even go there full-time which would be a great job but like not good enough i told my recruiters i told like not my recruiters like the uh my management team that i wanted to go to banking I told it, them very uh, straight up. I was like, this is what I want to do. You had the
1: private wealth management office in Goldman, basically.
2: Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, it was it was like, you know, we had a great meeting, but I even told them before I even finished that I was interested in, in, in banking, yeah. right? But that door was open. They really liked me. I did an amazing job. You know, we had a great team there. Um, and and I pretty much told them, like, like I, I want to go to banking. And they're like, look, then if you want to go to banking, then go to banking. I'm like, well, well, we'll refer you. We'll say whatever we have to do to make sure that happens, right? But I knew it was on me. Right, so I was like, I, I cut off pretty much everything to the point that you know I was either going to be unemployed or I was going to be a banking, right? It was it was one or the other, and and I kind of took that really to heart. And I would say the second thing is, um, it's remarkable how much you know people are able to accomplish with. I would say like I, I always live with three guiding like I guess principles, I guess. Um, and this is like something that I learned long before I was, you know, recruiting for banking, but it was, it was three things. It was um, loyalty, integrity, and hard work. It was those, those, those three things were, were like, you know, big time guiding principles for me. And the way that I kind of explain those is first loyalty is like the word you keep to others. Integrity is the word you keep to yourself. And then hard work is the word you keep to everything that you do. And and I feel like you know, if, if you if you can find a way to like really internalize those things, you know, people want to work with people who they can trust, who they can respect, who like they feel comfortable. And that's a big loyalty thing, right? So like that respect to people. Like when I when I got my offer, and I'll kind of tie it back to later what, what what offer that was. I called the person who got me the interview who before I even signed the offer, you know, I called them and I was like, I want to let you know, like you're the first person to know, but I'm accepting this offer. And like I could have like shot him an email, or I could have just accepted not say anything, but like he put his neck out for me and I owed it to him at least to give him a call and respectfully thank him for everything he's done for me along the way and like let him know that I'm accepting the offer and that everything he stuck out for me, you know, paid off. And, you know, things like that was always really big. And for me, integrity kind of involves a few things, which is more than just, you know, not lying and being honest and doing the right thing. But it's also, you know, keeping if I say integrity, I think is a big thing, like includes discipline too, right? If I say that I'm going to get up and I'm going to get this done, like, I got to find a way to get it done. You know, if I say I'm going to go to the gym this morning, I'm going to the gym this morning. If I say that I'm going to finish XYZ homework assignments or I'm going to, you know, study for this many hours, or I'm going to like prepare this many things for my interviews or I'm going to cover XYZ behavioral questions or technical concepts by like, you know, the end of this week or by today, like you find a way to get it done. doesn't matter if you stay up till 3 a.m., 4 a.m., you're doing it, right? It's just, it's got to happen. And like that, I think all, you know, ties into integrity or character, which is like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And then lastly, hard work, I think, speaks for itself. If you want anything at all, you just got to work your tail off. And like like and that kind of ties into the whole luck thing, which is, you know, you got to give yourself every opportunity for the stars to align for you. Because the truth is, everything that happens in life is going to be based on the stars aligning for you. Like somehow the stars are going to align. But I feel like the people who like I've seen at least who are really successful, because like my cousin was like a GW kid, like transferred from Ithaca College, and I was a portfolio manager at a hedge fund. Right. And he's the kind of person who, you know, literally like networked 10 times more than I did. And like from job to job until he finally found security and it was like, you know, you realize that you got to give yours. If you if you want to to achieve great things, you pretty much have to give yourself every opportunity for the stars to align for you, because everything you, if, you're, if you're playing from behind, you're only going to get there. by the stars aligning for you and you got to pretty much give yourself every opportunity for the stars to align. And I think that just comes from like sheer hard work, nonstop every day, you know, making it your entire life. And like, I honestly can't think of one person who I know who like actually built success for themselves and, and didn't just work inhumanly hard, got lucky. And, and, and like, we may have this whole conversation about luck already, but like, it, it wasn't really like they got lucky. It was like, they gave themselves a million opportunities to get lucky. And then one of them finally hit and everything worked out. Um, and I think like that's kind of how this situation went, like, like I mentioned, you know, I wasn't even supposed to talk to this guy and he was the one person in the office who gave my resume to the COO and like was CC on the email when I got a super day and to literally call him before saying, look, if I vouch for you in this, in this meeting right now, will you take the offer? I said, yes. And he like, later was in the meeting and vouched for me. And, you know, a few hours later I got the offer, right. Wasn't even supposed to talk to him. Didn't even mean to, I meant to email someone else.
0: Right. Well, I want to wrap this up and I want to let you know this and you're absolutely right. That that that, that story just does. it. I want to say this for the record, dude. You are what I consider cuz I've been I do this, I enroll. You are what I consider at this point like a 10 out of a 10 in many ways. Hearing you, like Sam and I are old guys, we did our thing, but you're in the mix, dude. You're starting your life right now. You're you're building your career. You're gonna soar. I'm sure we'll bump into each other down the road here in New York. You are what I would consider other students that are have are figuring things out, dude. When they see this, hear you, watch you, you're you're kind of a mentor role model. A, you got an offer. You're gonna kick it. You're gonna kick ass. You're gonna make things happen. But when they hear you, they're gonna put to heart more what you have to say than (laughs) Sam and I, right? right? Because you're the real deal so congratulations absolute uh high five what did you get man and what are you doing now (laughs) that you got the offer what are you gonna do until you go into your internship
2: yeah for sure so so i guess the big question yeah so i got an offer at morgan stanley in their san francisco office essentially covering their financial sponsors group and their industrial technology so like evs and, and, and stuff like that so it's a pretty, you know, great opportunity. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it, 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 it gives the the ability to, you know, first of all, be in the West Coast, which I personally like West Coast people more than East Coast people. Um, I'm a little biased. I had an internship sorry, with Alex. LA people, and it was great. What?
1: I said sorry, Alex. <laughs>
2: Listen, half
0: my life in the West Coast, my other half here in the East Coast, so I'm good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but like, I like the West Coast mindset a lot. But, you know, also, you know, left the door open since I worked at Goldman, you know, that that been in touch with a few recruiters and, you know, that door to go back to Goldman has been opened if I do want to come back to the East Coast. So, you know, the the feeling of, you know, having, you know, first of all, an offer at, you know, Morgan Stanley, which is, you know, I guess a top, top, top global firm. And then, you know, being able to, you know, have a phone call with a recruiter who basically said, you know, no, we... You've been referred by XYZ people, partners in IBD, the people you worked with in LA and PwM, and pretty much saying like, "Congrats on your offer, and if you ever want to come back, the door's open for you at a place like Goldman IBD." Like to me, that's like surreal, um, and like it, I was kind of like waiting to wake up and pinch myself and like, "There's no way this is happening." Like this is you know a goal that I've been working towards for like you know three years now, and seeing it all come to fruition in ways that I could never even have imagined um and I feel like you know again the stars aligned for me but you know it was it was you know literally sending you know spending hours a day emailing people networking with people and and you know hours of like spending my weekend studying not going out at night because you know I was I was you know grinding and, and then working towards things and you know trying to do a 12 hour job every day while like spending a few hours every night at, like you know until 1 a.m studying for technicals and then interviews and stuff while I was working at Goldman you know and then, kind of seeing all of that, you know, kind of literally within a week, kind of just all fall into place perfectly, and now it's just done. But uh, let, let me
0: let me provide some extra content <laughs> here because I know that I, I'm privy to this as well. There's a tale to this because you worked because you came to the table table at a very high level. You and the things that you were missing, you and Sam worked it out put it together you got that you got this awesome offer but there's a tail to this because after you got the offer i remember i saw your text yeah You started sure to get some interviews dude you're like lining it up with all these other badass companies yeah like and you're like well i guess i gotta turn those down or
2: right because oh that's my god i forget which ones it. Yeah, so it was literally within the span of like a week or two. I think I got interviewed. I already had. I had a first round interview at Baird and Evercore and restructuring. Um, no idea how I got either of those. I didn't really network at any of those places, but just kind of just came through. Um, and then I think the so so the the week before I, I had my super day at uh, at Morgan Stanley. I have to like look because I, I honestly like almost forgot. But
0: yeah, I had like two I had or three interviews.
2: Yeah, so I had an interview. I had a first round interview the week before at Brown. Uh, no, I had a week like that week. I had the Super Day. I had a first round interview at Brown Gibbons Lang, and they moved me to a second round. Had to cancel that one. Um, I well, like the, had a whole conversation with uh, with Goldman. So after I got my offer, I pretty much said that like, well, I'm going to email Goldman now and pretty much tell them that I got this offer from Morgan Stanley. To see if they can accelerate me. Pretty much said like, you know, we can't take you. You don't fit into our, any of our like early you know, application processes. So we can't interview in two July, but like, that's an amazing offer. And please come back to us later on, walk through all the full-time roles. But I was pretty much lined up for an interview at Goldman, just based on, you know, all the people that I had contacts there. Um, So that one, I guess is, I guess you could say is one that I like, so to speak, kind of turned down. Um, I had a interview, I got an email, like literally, I think on what, like a, a couple of days later for Rothschild, and I got an email for William Blair as well. With my applications from all of them, and dude, um, there are
0: there are students that are that are pining for those, right? Like, how do I get an interview at in Rothschild? Like now that you we yours is in the books right now, just to know, and I'm saying this because I've been there in my life, to know that you're wanted, right? That you put out there into the universe and you've attracted these things. It's a bit of a pick of the litter, right? Within a certain litter. That's awesome. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap this up because again, we can be on these, on this all day long and I'm sure anybody watching this would like more. Um, I'm going to say this, Sam, if you've got like a last thing you want to say, that's awesome. Before I wrap it up. If not, I'm going to wrap it up. You got anything?
1: Let's wrap it up, man. I think, um, I mean, the only thing I would say is just, you know, huge congrats to Noah. Obviously, you can tell he put in the work and he deserves uh, the phenomenal outcome that he was able to get. And the last thing I would say is just, more Stanley, always only hires the best looking people. So, I mean... You looking? <laughs>
2: well, I think I'm pretty handsome, but I don't know
1: if that's what meant. <laughs> so looks and brains. Yeah, well, I am. I, I, I've been gone from the firm for over 10 years, but still, I, I, I'm a proud Morgan Stanley alum, so uh, you, you, yeah. you're you going to a great firm, so all jokes aside, no, huge congrats. On yeah, that. Uh, thank so you, thank to.
2: you. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome, incredibly guys. excited, I'm incredibly excited.
0: You should hey, listen. Our uh, folks, family, anybody, when you when you told them the news, what anything, like, yay, hey, you guys? Uh,
2: they were very, very excited. Um, they were very happy when I called them with it. My mom is, you know, very big on staying close to home, so wasn't happy about the whole SF thing, but <laughs> like they know how hard I've been working for this, and like I talk about it nonstop. Um, so, you know, that was a very, you know, we were all very, very excited and, you know, my dad made a slap that with me because there were some days where I was very discouraged and pretty much said that if I get an offer, he gets to slap me. So going home in a couple hours, so I guess I got something coming for me, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, yeah, no, me and my girlfriend, you know, popped a bottle of champagne afterwards, you know, went out with my mm. friends for the first time in, in a long time. So, and I actually woke up the next morning and didn't study all day, so um it, it's been a pretty carefree week i'll say and and it, and it feels really nice to kind of just be done with the process
0: man well deserved i know that before we actually started recording this <laughs> we were just kind of like loose the three of us and you're <laughs> a totally different dude man you're like like just relax compared to like alex where am i <laughs> <It's> like so <laughs> anal like, whoop, 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 whoop. and like and like when we jump on the car like like you're already ready for the beaches of san francisco oh so- my
2: god you have no idea you have no idea
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome well again congratulations all around on both you guys sam dude uh superstar coach and then uh of course superstar noah uh best everybody and um off to uh some cool stuff in our lives all right guys
2: thank you guys so much for everything yeah man congrats all right